Hi, I'm Sam Garland. I'm an actor in Brooklyn, New York, and I believe that everyone on this planet is deeply creative. And not only that, I believe that engaging with our creativity is what connects us to our humanity and to our divinity. Whether it's starting a business, homeschooling your kids, cooking, painting, dancing, writing, acting, knitting, gardening, we are all called to express ourselves in myriad, incredibly unique ways. These are our gifts to the world. And yet, and yet, most every artist suffers terribly from self-doubt, from fear of public humiliation, from being too hard on themselves. That's certainly been my journey. I've done a lot of work on why my brain attacks when I'm being creative and how I can let this thing that I'm called to do out into the world. I'm still figuring it out, and I invite you to join me. Hi, my friends. Welcome back. Um, Oh, I have a confession to make that makes me kind of scared to say, which is that... I actually feel really, really shitty right now. Um, And I'm not saying this to complain or um, I'm sure you guys care about me and you don't need to write to me and tell me how sorry you are. I'm just kind of thinking deeply about... um, So some context, I have this chronic stomach issue that I'm hoping we resolve, but I don't entirely know what it is or how to solve it. Um, I have way more questions than I have answers about that. And it's a whole separate podcast, so I won't get into it. But the long and short of it is that lately, it's been kind of really terrible. And kind of every time I eat, my stomach hurts. Um, so I spent most of yesterday in pain from my stomach. And then today, the medicine I'm taking for it gave me a headache. <laughs> I've just been in headache hell with like light sensitivity and everything is too loud and everything is too much uh, all day today. And I've taken more Advil than I would even like and drank all the water and I still feel like hell. And I bring this up because I did not want to do a podcast tonight. I'm like, fuck, I feel like shit. I don't want to do this. I'm going to sound terrible. I'm going to be grumpy or I'm going to fake it and pretend I'm amazing, which nothing wrong with that. But I also didn't necessarily want to do that. And um, I will be honest, there are some days when I feel just really terrible physically and I crawl into bed and watch reality TV um, or listen to a podcast or just turn out the lights and let myself be in the dark. Um, And there are days like today where I kind of was thinking, I've just felt like hell all day, but I felt like hell yesterday and I want to get this podcast out this week and I don't know that I'll feel better tomorrow, you know, and the reason I bring it up is because I have this idea that art only happens when I feel a thousand percent and can bring my best self and I'm trying to change that, to disabuse myself of that notion and maybe change that for you guys too, you know, that art happens maybe on our worst days sometimes. Um, certainly Stephen Pressfield, who writes, who's written a, a several books on um, being an artist, The War of Art, I think being one of the most well-known. It's a really easy re- read, a very quick read. There's not a lot of words on each page, and it's kind of a really nice inspirational book. But one of his big points is amateurs 
show up when they feel like it and professionals show up every day, rain or shine, no matter how terrible they feel. And it's interesting to see the places where I'm adept at showing up, even when I have a headache and I feel crummy and places where I kind of go, oh, I'm not there. I want my full capacity. I can't memorize lines when I feel like hell. I can't give my best performance in acting class when I feel shitty. I can't audition, you know, when I don't feel good. Um, and I think those are valid. Like, I don't want to take away anyone's experience of feeling shitty and deciding to take care of themselves, right? This is a really fine line, especially in light of how um, Simone Biles just this past week or last week, I think, withdrew from competition at the Olympics because she needed a mental health break um, to really take care of herself. So like, I'm not at all saying this in a sense of you should push through when you feel terrible. You should be always performing when you don't feel up to it. That's definitely not what I'm saying. I'm saying, there are times when um, I need to take a break and there are times when I have to show up and not feel my best. And that is everyone's judgment call. That is everyone's experience to go through. But as someone who suffers from sort of chronic shittiness, for lack of a better word, um, and it's not always that this bad. It's been kind of bad lately, um, but there have been times when it's been much less of an issue. Um but as someone who suffers through chronic stuff, it's something I have to take into account. And so I'm sharing that, you know, there are days when I'm I'm like mad at feeling sick and I'm like, I don't want this to dictate my life. I don't want this to be the defining thing. I don't want to keep stopping doing the, the thing that matters most, the creating, because I feel, because I feel terrible, you know, and I think a lot of Frida Kahlo, um, who was in this horrific accident when she was 16. And, um, I think broke her spine and her pelvis and a couple of legs. I don't remember anymore, um, what it was, but definitely enough to immobilize her and spend a lot of her adult life in like not full body cast, but I think full upper body casts and, and a lot of pain and a lot of surgeries and did a lot of her painting from her bed. Um, and in comparison to that, I'm actually quite lucky, you know, um, I have kind of low grade crappiness and low grade headache and low grade stomach ache, which is very exhausting and takes a lot of mental effort to not just be in a bad mood all the time and to really give it the care that it needs. Um, but I'm also fairly healthy and so much of it is perspective and so much of it is choosing to be grateful for doctors, for medicine, for people who are trying to help me solve this, for the resources I have to health insurance, to um, get different specialists, to pay out of pocket, to see someone who's a holistic you know, practitioner, to try supplements, to change my diet on a dime if something I'm eating isn't working for me. Um, and, and how many parts of my body do work and don't hurt is something I have to actively think about. But when I do, I, I'm able to drop into grace and allow myself to just ride through the kind of feeling shitty until it, it passes. Um, anyway, I'm here because I want to practice showing up when I don't feel a thousand percent and I don't feel like I have enough to give. Uh, in order for this to matter, I think this is my own challenge to my own enoughness issue. My idea that like, no matter what I do, it's never enough. No matter how I show up, it'll never be enough. So um, this is me showing up. Okay, today's topic is actually about location. 
Um, I spoke, I think a couple of weeks ago about wanting to get back into writing and that got me thinking about the places I like to write and, oh man, I miss libraries so much. I know that they're reopening and I know people are sitting with masks on, um, I'm again, because I have a lot of stomach issues, I'm not super comfortable being indoors, even with everyone's fully masks, masked for long periods of time, because I've ma- I'm vaccinated very luckily, but I have this chronic medical stuff and I just don't want to add anything to my system right now. So I'm really trying not to get COVID if I can. Um, so Although places are indoors are reopening, and I'm really grateful for that. Uh, in New York City, we're a hot spot. There's any anyway, debate about how to stay safe in New York City. And so I miss the places that I used to go um, and be in community and also be really focused. And there's something so beautiful to me about a library because everyone is there quietly working. And I think there's an energy share or an energy that you can pick up from people who are working on something focused, concentrated, you know, whether it's their passion project or their history paper for college or their grad school thesis or their math homework, I don't know, but there's something about people concentrating together that helps me focus. You know, when I look up and I'm frustrated or I don't know what to write next and I see other people focused, it helps set me in the right place uh, in my head versus... Like I was thinking, I've been going to the park a lot uh, lately during the pandemic, and I'm absolutely in love with it. It's so gorgeous and stunning. And I was like, oh, I'll take my laptop to the park. And I was like, actually, I don't know that I would focus in the park. I think so. Here's the paradox. And this is why I was thinking it's such an interesting topic, because paradoxically, sometimes taking your work to a place that is very um, fun and appealing and soothing is not conducive to focusing. Um, And so the real question is like, where do you do your best work? And there was this amazing article in the New Yorker a couple of months ago, I'll have to find it in the show notes, but they were actually talking about remote work and the return to offices and this kind of idea that maybe people, rather than commuting back to where their offices were, now that everyone's sort of gotten used to working at home and not having to commute, that people might invest in places that were near their home. Um, and the thesis of the article was actually looking at famous authors who had been prolific, successful writers and how a lot of them, even though they had beautiful homes and home offices, chose not to write there. That um, they found that if they were writing at home, they got distracted by laundry and dishes and children and partners and gardening. And you know what I mean? Like if you're home, it's just, um, it's easy to find other things to do. Just part of our own uncomfortableness with doing the hard work of being creative. Um, but also part of what the article was saying is there's this psychology too, of if you're home, you associate familiar things, familiar tasks with being home. And there's something about showing up in a different place and having that different place be associated with creative work. It's switching your brain into now it is creative time. Now we are doing this. Now we are switching gears. We're going to put aside the grocery list and the, you know, the the school homework you got to help your kids with and the whatever else is on your mind that needs doing and you're going to put it aside. And, and there's a real benefit to that. It takes some of the mental um 
the mental war you might have as you are writing or working or creating. Um, and this could apply too to like renting a studio if you are a painter and you need space or a sculptor, right? Or renting a space if you're an actor to go and run lines or work on something. Um, and and what was really funny about the article was that one of the authors had this beautiful home with a beautiful, quiet home office and instead <laughs> chose to rent like a grungy little room above a some kind of like um, uh, a workshop that was like industrious and mechanical, essentially clanged and banged and made all kinds of noise all day long. Um, and, and it was kind of astounding to the author of the article that like, this is where this writer chose to go. But then in retrospect was saying, it kind of makes sense because the author had a bunch of little kids at home who needed a lot of attention and that there was in the end something preferable to the clanging and banging of something that didn't actually have the same emotional pull as kids who, when they cry out, it's, it's maybe harder to, to tune out. And so, again, this idea that sometimes choosing a place that is uncomfortable, um, I think a lot of coffee shops, right? Coffee shops can be comfortable, but also maybe there's the noise from the espresso machine or people chattering or whatever, but there's like a nice hum to that. Some people find coffee shop noise really useful for sort of tuning out their own stuff in their head. Um, and they find that helps them focus and work. Um it's, you know, there's also the debate about Wi-Fi. Do you want a place where Wi-Fi is accessible or is that a distraction? You're better off in a place where you can't access the Wi-Fi. And so all you have is you and your blank page, um, in which case maybe even like not having a laptop, bringing instead a notebook and um, a pen. Or if you're an artist, maybe you want to go somewhere and sketch in the mornings, you know, that doesn't have a bunch of gadgets with you. Maybe you leave your, your laptop at home or your, you know, your cell phone turned to airplane mode, like really thinking about what are the things that distract us that call our attention away from the work that we want to be doing. And how do we make it easier to step away from those things? How do we make it easier to enter a space physically that will allow our, our space mentally and psychologically to uh, be in creative receptivity? Um, yeah. And, and again, what I'll say is experiment with this and be really curious about the paradox that maybe a noisy, clangy place is actually more conducive to you being creative because maybe I know this sometimes when I sit in the quiet, my own inner self-doubt and self-flagellation gets way too loud. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to sit here and hear my own thoughts sort of tearing me apart. I'd much rather be in a place where there's, and actually I used to do this um, when I was writing my feature film, um, it would stress me out to kind of hear my own thoughts. So I would play sort of loud rock music on a station in my earbuds and just kind of blast it into my ear. And there was like this really comfortable level of sort of like angry punk rock in my ear that gave me just enough white noise in a sense, um, that I could, I could really get in touch with the things that I was trying to write that felt emotionally difficult to talk about. And so it kind of, um, I don't know if I can explain that well, but it, it gave, it gave, um, it gave my own brain, uh, it drowned out, it drowned out my own brain. It drowned out my own brain being that the part of my brain that was saying, don't write about this. It's too hard. No one wants to hear this. This is terrible stuff. No one should ever, 
you know, know these things about you because um, it was a deeply personal story. And so having like this <laughs> kind of angry rock music yell back at that part of my voice, let them be in conversation and then let me sort of uh, short circuit that and jump into the the part of the story that I really wanted to be writing. And so again, I was part of a cave day, which is this really amazing group of people who get together and uh, focus, do focused work for stretches of time called Pomodoros. And I was in this very quiet space and everyone was very intently working. And I just had this music blasting in my ears. And I was like, this is what I need, right? Again, this paradox of I didn't need absolute quiet. I actually needed certain noise to be in my head. And sometimes that changes. Sometimes it's about being um, with like classical music or um, a song that I know so well that I can play in the background, but I don't need to sing along to it, right? There's I have different moods and different like playlists. And I've heard other writers talk about this. There's different playlists for how they get into certain scripts or certain characters or certain stories that they want to tell. And I'm sure if you're a painter or if you're a novelist or if you're a sculptor or a dancer, you know, there's a different soundtrack for the kind of stuff that you want to be doing. And so where is the place that allows you to enter that that space mentally that you can access that is always the question. And I would invite you after a year plus of working from home and sort of um, I'm making an assumption about where you're at, but certainly a lot of us have been working from home the past year. And um, it's become very easy to just assume that, you know, my couch, my living room is going to be the place that I write creatively. And the truth is, it's not, you know, I, I, there's too many associations with my day job, with my laundry and my apartment cleaning for my roommates that I'm committed to. And, and I just start looking around at other distractions. And so I, I actually find it easier to find a new place. Um, and I haven't quite found that yet because again, coffee shops don't really feel safe right now and libraries don't quite feel safe yet. And maybe it is a patch of grass in uh, the park. Um, it's really a question I'm having to start from scratch because I haven't been writing uh, creatively during the pandemic. And so now I'm looking at what are my options. And so I'm really engaging in this question and inviting you guys to think about where do you do your best work? And if you haven't figured out yet, try somewhere really surprising. Maybe it's a rooftop. Maybe it's a friend's place. Maybe it is by the pool. Maybe it's, you know, and if it's by the pool, maybe like I'm thinking you've got, I have this friend who lives a couple of neighborhoods over who's got a pool on her roof deck. And I've been saying to her for a year now, I'm going to come visit. Um, <laughs> I need to crash somebody's pool. But like maybe the idea with a pool is that you tell yourself you'll write for 25 minutes and after that you get to go in, right? So maybe it's also like a reward system of what do you get to do if you focus for a little bit or maybe you sit by the pool and it's like this is never going to happen because I'm just dying to get in there or watching other people splash around makes you wonder why the hell I'm trying to be creative right now. Um, everybody is super different, which is what's so exciting and interesting about the creative spark. And I want you to get really, um, I want you to become an expert in what unlocks for you, what places, what music, what energy, what is it people around you or nobody around you? Is it, I don't know. I'm starting that investigation myself, so I'm super keen to hear what you discover because I don't know uh, for myself. Like I used to know, and now the whole landscape of the world has changed, and until it changes back, 
I don't know what it's going to be. And I'll also say I know what it is for writing or, I, you know, I know that coffee shops and libraries work well for me for writing, but I don't think I've done the same investigation when it comes to acting. Like part of what's hard about acting is you could sort of rehearse anywhere, but also everywhere is kind of associated with well, I'll take this back. It's actually hard to do in coffee shops to like run lines and talk to yourself. It's hard to do it. So often I'll do it on a walk or something. Um, but it's easiest to have the privacy to really explore at home. But again, at home, you have all these associations with domestic chores and, you know, maybe day job stuff um, and other personal responsibilities. So, um, you know, if you're a dancer, if you're um, a sculptor or a painter or some other kind of artist that isn't just kind of quietly on a laptop somewhere. I'm curious, how do you create that space? How do you carve out the place to really play and engage with your, um, your creative spark in a way that allows you to be as bold as you want to be, to be as free as you want to be, to feel safe, to make mistakes and make weird sounds and make a fool of yourself. Cause I think that's what makes the best, uh, progress and the best discoveries in our art. And, and that can be really hard to find, you know, as grownups, as humans walking in the world, there are certain expectations about how we show up and how we relate to one another. And so to be out somewhere, um, uh, that's the kind of thing where like having a rooftop might be a really good place to like work on a script and try out different voices or try out different movements or, you know, there's this classic exercise of like, if you were a bird, how would this character move? If you're a giraffe, how would this character move? Like that stuff looks so silly, but reveals such amazing depth of character and movement and can tell such, um, can create personality for your character and can tell the story in such unique ways that you really want to be able to explore full out. Um, but having that space to just explore safely is, uh, is like part of the discovery, right? Where do you do your best work? Where do you write songs the best? Um, yeah. Okay. Now I'm super keen about this. I'm going to go explore my own little, uh, neck of the woods and, and neighborhood and see what other little corners of the world I can tuck away into and, and try for the different things that matter to me. Cause writing is one, but so is, um, you know, acting and so is songwriting and all these other things that I'm really kind of keen to explore in myself. And maybe they all have different homes, you know, maybe one's got a chair over here and maybe one needs a rooftop and maybe one needs a coffee shop. I don't know, but I'm into it. All right, my lovely friends, I hope you have a blessed, super healthy week and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Mm-hmm.